podcast. Podcast. Welcome to Pumping Up the Podcast. I'm your host, Elise Eldridge, and today we're back discussing Hannah Montana Season 2, Episode 10, Achy Jakey Heart, Part 2. Uh, like last week, I'm joined by my boyfriend, Rick. Uh, we watched these two episodes back-to-back and recorded back-to-back, so without further ado, let's get right back into the action. So, Achy Jakey Heart, Part 2. Yeah. Was it what you were expecting? No. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> no, it was so weird. It was very weird. It's so weird. And it immediately, you know, it's a literal cliffhanger pickup mm-hmm. where they make it very dramatic. And then immediately the stakes just go down to zero again. Mm-hmm. It was just very weird. Yeah. So the immediate aftermath is like she tells Jake she's Hannah Montana. And, and he's, he's like, cool. He's just like, yeah, okay, cool. He's in shock, but he's like, cool. And then yeah, they, that's, that's that's resolved instantly. Yeah, <laughs> they kiss, and then like a helicopter with like a searchlight on it flies above them, and they assume it's paparazzi. And I'm like, this is why you do it in your house. <laughs> you don't do this in a public place because if they had shown up a minute and a half earlier, they would have busted the Hannah Montana story wide open. <laughs> that's dangerous. I'm I'm honestly surprised that Robbie Ray isn't like. Like, I wish there was a scene in this where Miley's like, yeah, so I told Jake I was Hannah Montana. I, I did it on the beach. I want him to be like, excuse me, you did it where? <laughs> you just put your wig on in public and like a very uh, popular area to hang out. <laughs> also, why don't they hang out at wherever he lives? Cause because they'd have to build another set. <laughs> right, because he clearly doesn't have the same level of supervision. Yeah, what's the deal with Jake Ryan's parents? He gets to, like, however much money he has, he spends out however he sees fit. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree with you. I don't think they should be having any of their dates out in the open. Why can't they just, like, watch movies at, like, what I'm sure... Like, I'm sure Jake has, like, a home theater. Like, he's probably rich to the hilt. Like, why not just stay in. I, we would solve all the problems of this episode, honestly. <laughs> I mean, most of them. <laughs> some some of Jake's personality traits I don't think can be fixed, but but certainly a lot of it would be solved if they just weren't in public anymore. So they then, they kind of have like a little spat over like who the paparazzi is there for, if it's for Jake or if it's for Hannah. Which was annoying. I found that so... Like, such, I was like, I was like, this is really where I'm going to take the plot, is like a petty little fight over, like, who's more famous. I'm like, it was supposed to be, like, a big... Yeah. It was a two-parter. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, Hannah wasn't there. Like, they wouldn't have gotten, like, a tip-off that Hannah Montana's on the beach. Like, they probably got a tip-off that Jake Ryan was on the beach. Because they'd also seen him there on dates, like, every night that week. But anyway. Unless, like, she puts on a wig and people, like, suddenly recognize her from space. Yeah. <laughs> a, sa- like, oh, a satellite is like, eh, eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, my, 
Miley makes the point. She's like, you can't get caught cheating on Miley with Hannah because they're two different people. <laughs> Which reminded me back of, um, you didn't see this episode, but like the second Jake Ryan episode, Miley, well, Hannah was booked as a guest star on Jake's TV show. And then he was like talking to Hannah to like get advice about what to do with Miley. And it was this like whole like hijink. So it's it's kind of back into that similar vein. And I thought that that was where they were going to take this. And that's not where they take this. <laughs> that is not what the issue here is. Um, although when I watched it, I was like, Jake, we've, we've just established, Jake doesn't have a great track record of saying the right name in important situations. Yeah. So he could just be on a date with like Hannah or something and be like, yeah, me and Miley and like point to her and blow the whole thing open. So then Miley is like relaying the details of the evening to Lily and Oliver. Uh, Oliver is like very pressed that Jake didn't faint like he did when he found out. And then we get a scene of Miley and Jake at a movie together. And there's a huge crowd of people at the movie theater just exclusively staring at them. Like, like not like being subtle. Like, they are turned fully around in their seats, leaning in, like, mouth open. <laughs> it's like a cartoon. It is. I don't think that's how things would go down if it were no, real. No, it was like a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, uh, Jake is very obnoxious about this. He's like, it's fine. Why don't I get you a drink? And he's like, oh, I'm so thirsty. And so everybody, like, extends their drink to him so he can, like, choose which one he wants. Which I'm like, some of those are just, like, fountain sodas with, like, a straw. Like, they people have definitely been drinking from yeah. those. It's not sanitary. No. No, it was also silly. Yes. Just very silly. <laughs> At this point, this is where I was like, okay, these people are staring at Miley so aggressively. They they now fully know exactly how she looks. <laughs> and none of them are like, hey, you look familiar. Are you pop sensation Hannah Montana? <laughs> that girl who also lives in our town. Right. <laughs> they would know she lived there, right? Because she's constantly doing stuff like in the middle of the day as Hannah Montana. She's not like... Yeah. Popping off to New York. Not as far as we know. Yeah. The, the closest thing to that is, like, during the Sweet Life crossover, she, like, went to Boston, but, like, that wasn't even, like, anything. She just was, like, at a hotel. Yeah. And then they said that she went on a European tour. Yeah, because like, there's no way that, like, kindergarten they went to was, like, very far away. Didn't, like, go out of state. No, it had to have been incredibly local. Yeah. And it was like in, it was like on a school day. Why wasn't Miley at school? Yeah, I don't have any answers for you, <laughs> of all people. <laughs> so they leave the movie early and they go back to Miley's house. Um, Robbie Ray is there. I wrote in my notes that his hair is the worst it has been up to this point. It's a full Rachel, and it's not good. <laughs> <coughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he had an interesting outfit. He was wearing like a necklace. Did you notice his necklace? It was like a cross, but it wasn't a cross. It was like a plus sign. <laughs> it 
and he was wearing like a, a green sweater. I can call it, it was like a putting green green. <laughs> it was just, you know how they dress on these shows. Yeah, I'm This familiar. unbranded, non-specific, but weirdly unusual. Yeah. Casual dress. Yeah. Yeah, where it's like, where did you get that? Where do you shop? <laughs> that sort of thing. There's like a whole bit about how Robbie Ray is going to leave Miley and Jake alone, but he's going to listen to them through the heating vents. And, uh... Oh yeah, that was pretty cringe. Yeah, it wasn't good. I like didn't put anything in my notes about it. The one thing is that like, he can talk to them through the heating vent and Miley goes over to it and like, whistles really loudly into the vent and then you hear him go, ay, 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 ay. He did sound like uh, Mario falling off. Yes, that's exactly what he sounded like. He sounded like Mario. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> but the the only reason why this scene was there was so that Miley could explain to Jake that the reason why she has this double life is so that she can be normal, and it's very hard for her. To be, nor- to be treated like a celebrity when she's in, like, the normal part of her life. And Jake's like, huh, interesting. Don't really get it, but sure, whatever. And then um, the next scene is Lily, Oliver, and Miley are all at this crowded pizza place. And I guess their plan was that they were going to meet Jake there to have pizza. And uh, <laughs> Jake enters wearing a wig and sunglasses and he's doing a Borat impression. It's a straight Borat impression. They don't address it, but it's a Borat impression. He says very nice. When when was Borat a thing? I think like 2005. So yeah, like right before this. Yeah. I mean, I'm, there's no question they told him do a Borat impression, even though the target audience for this absolutely should not have seen Borat. <laughs> like, I hadn't seen Borat. I knew what Borat voice was because it was fucking everywhere. It was like so ubiquitous at that point, but, like, I hadn't seen Borat. Yeah, Borat came out in 2006, so it was extremely topical. Very recent. Um, yeah, he, he does, like, very nice, and it's like, okay, you're doing Borat. Yeah, it's just Borat. <laughs> um, which, again, is, like, an odd reference to put in there for this show. Uh, like, they made, like, a Ricky Bobby reference a couple episodes back, and I was like, would these would the target audiences have seen Ricky Bobby? Like, <laughs> I think Courtney brought that up. She's like, "Why? <laughs> Who is this for? Who's this joke for?" <laughs> I guess maybe the parents, maybe. But so Jake has put on this wig uh, to be like, "I'm now gonna be just a normal guy, so we're not gonna get swamped, and I'm doing this for you and for us, and." Uh, he says his name is Milos. <laughs> and, uh... I like that his Greek impression is just boring. Yeah. <laughs> it's dumb. <laughs> also, uh, in this scene, Lily makes a comment to Miley about her eyeliner looking a little trampy. And I think this is the second time on this show that a 14-year-old girl has said that the word tramp. <laughs> Which just could not be further from how girls talk. <laughs> That's a 55-year-old woman's word. Or it's like a 55-year-old man who probably wrote this word. Yeah. He's like, what do they say? Tramp? Do they still say trampy? 
It's like, no, nobody says that. And just a very lazy, quick replacement for the word you're not allowed to say, which is slutty. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, just whatever's the first thing in the thesaurus, it's fine. <laughs> whorish. <laughs> Miley, you're looking a little whorish today. <laughs> Go easy on the eyeliner. Could you imagine if they just said it <laughs> and just didn't address it and moved on? That, like, Miley's best friend called her a whore for how much eyeliner she wore to the pizza place? <laughs> it's terrible. Every Disney Channel original series should get one hard arm moment. Just, like, one. <laughs> Inexplicable. But, but do they use it on, like... Like an F-bomb, or do they just exclusively use it on slut or whore? <laughs> because that's what they're more likely to be talking about. Yeah. Instead of saying sweet niblets, Miley just goes, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine? That'd be, that'd be too much. But the point is, Jake is really struggling with uh, having to wait for things. He is not okay with the fact that he can't just cut the line and have pizza. Yeah, um, he just reveals himself to be completely unsocialized yeah. in society. Which I guess is probably why they sent him to normal school last season. <laughs> to be like, hey, you need to learn how to not be like this. Because <laughs> right Wouldn't now you be at least bad. a little bit better if I haven't like, gone to public school for like a minute? Like he just like cuts a 200 person line and is like, what did I do? <laughs> Me don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it. Um, I was just like immediately. My reaction was like, "Oh, he's got to need to. He's gonna have to learn how to be normal, and this is gonna be exhausting." You were correct. It is exhausting. It is very exhausting. I mean, hasn't Jake watched a film before? Like they portray normalcy on film, don't they? Yeah. They don't have people just cutting in front of everyone in movies and TV. They don't have people being like, "I'm thirsty," and just expect someone to hand it to them. But beside the point, the point is Jake is fucking obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, which he's, is not the plot twist. Which is also funny, about. and they, they put a lampshade on this, so it's like, how did I not notice he's objectively awful all the time? <laughs> we were in love or something. <laughs> like, did, and then it's like, oh yeah, I guess you never really hung out with him before. And it's like, well, what did the... You never really hung out with him before. This is... This he's is, in love with you! This is your cliffhanger... Secret confession boyfriend man. It's like, oh, I've never really hung out. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, why are you telling him your secret if you've never really hung out before? Give it a minute. <laughs> it seems like, because the dates that they went on in the first episode seemed to be very good. It seemed like they liked each other a lot. It seems like the problem is just who Jake is in public. But then that sort of gets revealed to not be true either because the other problem is that Jake cannot stop referencing his own work, which, uh... Down to the diaper commercials he was in as a child, which yes. is very, that would be very off-putting. Yes, I agree. Although it generated probably the funniest line of the show, which was uh, the tagline for the Bigfoot movie that he was in, <laughs> the only thing bigger than his foot is his heart. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> So there's there's one more scene when they're out and about. They go to an ice cream shop because they leave the pizza place because Jake cannot handle waiting. The little girl in this scene 
is Miley Cyrus's sister Noah, uh, who is very often on this show as like a mischievous girl who's only in like one scene. This is like her fifth time doing this. So this girl, Miley is like, thanks for letting me cut you in line. Um, whatever. I just needed to get this ice cream over to my boyfriend. And, uh, Noah Cyrus is like, my mom has a taser. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, that was so weird. I actually thought that said something different because it was such, that's such a non sequitur thing to say. Mm -hmm. What did you think she said? I thought she said, my mom has seizures. <laughs> Because she was talking about how, oh, he just had oh, okay. a surgery or something. <laughs> no, you're and right. And she could be like, my mom has a problem too. But my mom has a taser. It's just, a, why would you say that? And of course the taser comes up, you know, it's like, they're just like, it's like the clumsiest foreshadowing. Yeah. So they, they sit down with the ice cream and Jake's like, I'm thirsty. And Riley's like, you know, normal people just get their own drinks. And he's like, What? And again, I'm like, you've watched television before. Like, come on. <laughs> and so he rips the water out of the child's hand. Yeah. And then the child calls for the mommy with the taser. Yeah. Chekhov's taser. <laughs> Chekhov's taser. That's the exact sort of joke I like to make on this show. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> you you hear the taser. You never see it, but you do start to hear a buzz and Miley's like, run. <laughs> I'm gonna get these children are seriously all about to get tased by a grown woman and the only way they could find to introduce that there was a taser was for a child to shout for no reason my mom has a taser <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh so they get back to miley's house jake is continuing to annoy everyone this is the part where he references his like diaper commercial that he did as an infant and teen bigfoot his film, uh, <laughs> which, which he, he keeps quoting that. That's like the one he quotes at the end of the episode too. See, he goes to take his wig off cause it's like itching him so bad. I'm like, well, why do you need to run to the bathroom to take your wig off? Like Miley just rips her wig off wherever the hell she is. She'll do it in a car. She doesn't care, but he needed to leave so that they could talk shit about him basically. Miley's like, okay, well, underneath Hannah Montana is a real person, but underneath Jake is just more Jake, which sucks. <laughs> and they're like, I need to break up with him, but he now knows this incredibly incriminating thing about me and could blow that at any moment, and I don't want to piss him off. So then Miley and Lily, like, brainstorm how she can break up with him. And what they land on <laughs> is that Miley's going to be as obnoxious as Jake is, and hope that he just dumps her. Uh, <laughs> so she goes, well, they, they, Jake and Miley go to a premiere together. And the same entertainment reporter is there from the previous episode. Uh, the film that they're seeing the premiere of is called Drips from the Faucet of Despair. Oh, I missed that. That's silly. It's not... Who would know, who would, like, hear that title and assume it's a movie and assume it's something they want to go see? Like, that's such a clunky title. Is this a reference to something? I don't think so. I don't think so either. It's just weird. It's, it's just purely weird. But so, the guy calls, he's like, it's Jake Ryan and his normal girlfriend, Milky. 
Or his, like, non-famous girlfriend, Milky. It's like, why would famous people speak to this awful man <laughs> who just insults them? I don't he know. He has terrible hair, and he has to make the campiest faces. Yes. Uh, I think about the real actor. I'm like, how does he feel about this? The real man portraying this. The man behind yeah. the character. I. Uh, Miley immediately launches into her uh, strategy by, like, very loudly clearing her throat. And she's, like, grabbing the guy's shoulder and is, like, hacking. Um, it was more than a little on the nose. Yeah. It kind of sounded like our dog when she has, like, something stuck in her throat. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's my impression. <laughs> Would you agree? Yeah. <laughs> Not far off. <laughs> um, she then takes off her coat to reveal that she's wearing, like, the swan dress that Bjork wore to the Oscars. Do you remember that? Yeah, in my notes I wrote, Halloween warehouse Bjork dress. <laughs> yep, that's it. Because it was like the Bjork dress, but, like, stuffed animal quality construction. Yeah, and she's wearing just, like, a blue tank top with it. <laughs> It's not even, like, matching. It's just, like, a blue tank top that, like, she, like, probably dug out of, like, her school clothes. And so in addition to the swan dress, she then, like, lifts her arms and has this very long, very fake armpit hair. And... Which just raises so many questions. <laughs> it's like, did you have whoever makes your Hannah Montana wigs make you, like, armpit hair prosthetics? <laughs> For this one situation, or did she already have them handy? Right. Did she cut off, did she, like, take out one of her extensions and just, like, glue it in there? But it was, like, teased very specifically. Yeah, you know? it looked pretty good. I mean, as far as armpit hair goes, it looked realistic. It was, like, professional makeup artist. Yeah. Stuff. So it's like, what? This was your, this is the best thing you could think of? This was your, your, your time to pay off ratio? This is how you thought? <laughs> You guys want to break up with you? Prosthetic armpit hair. Yeah, and like show it off on live TV, I guess. She she says, oh, that's so embarrassing. I meant to braid these <laughs> about nope. her hair. That was funny. That was funny. I remembered that line. But I point, people wouldn't have thought she was uncouth. They would have thought she was sort of, some sort of bizarre. Like a hippie? A, no, like a performance artist. <laughs> doing a bit, clearly. Because that's, that's, that's why Bjork wore that dress. Yeah. It's like a statement or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> And be like, wow, Milky really knows her references. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but uh, Jake immediately grabs her and is like, we're going home. <laughs> they've, like, they've been there two minutes. <laughs> Their car has probably left. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> but he's like, we're leaving. <laughs> they get back to Miley's house and... Jake is like, I know what's going on here. Little Miss Hannah Montana is jealous of all the attention I get and can't handle not being in the spotlight. And Miley decides to go along with it because she will take any, any option to get out of dating Jake. But then Jake's like, you can learn to not be jealous, just like I learned, past tense, how to be a normal guy. <laughs> and... Something in Miley snaps when he says that. She, like, is like, you have no clue what it means to be normal. Uh, you've never seen a normal person in your life. And then he can't even get through that conversation 
without quoting teen Bigfoot again. And she's like, see, that's not normal that you keep doing that. <laughs> so she's like, okay, but remember when we met, you were like, sometimes I wish I was normal. Why don't you still feel that way? And Jake's like, I don't know. I just even answer that. Like, I feel like he doesn't. I feel like they just move on from that pretty quick. Um, but she confesses that she didn't want to just break up with him because she's afraid that he might tell her secret. And Jake says, well, if that's the kind of guy you think I am, maybe I will tell your secret. And then he storms out. Which is a very weird line. It's like, if you think I'm that bad, perhaps... I am. You're right. <laughs> like, what? Is that supposed to be a this? It was funny. It was like, you think I'm so awful when actually I'm only mostly awful. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. <laughs> it's not good. I, I knew that he wasn't going to actually do it because like the show keeps going after this episode, but the fact that he threatened it is like bad enough in my book. Like, I would never trust him again if he felt it was okay to threaten me like that. Yeah, that's why also his, like, little mini redemption at the end seems very weird. Mm -hmm. And then, well, I don't want to get ahead of you. So, well, the last scene is yeah. Miley hanging out with her dad on, like, the porch at night. Yeah. It is night. The sky is dark. It's clearly supposed to be after dark, yeah. She's like, I don't know which one I'll miss more, my normal life or the guy I thought Jake was. And I was like, your normal life, right. obviously. <laughs> the life you live as opposed to a, a fantasized non-version of a person that you discovered you don't like. That you dated for like a week. At maybe. Yeah, at most. <laughs> but so then, like a delivery guy just walks up. Again, it is like 9 p.m. at the earliest. <laughs> yes, he's like a courier, not wearing a uniform. No, he's dressed like, like just a, like jeans and a shirt. It's like a polo, like a classic Disney Channel, like lots of colors for no reason polo. Mm -hmm. And that's it. Yeah. He's like, delivery for Miley Stewart? <laughs> like <Right>. It's normal. <laughs> like he's gonna pull out a gun out right. of the package. <laughs> just shoot her just dead. Just making sure. <laughs> It was like a long package too. Could have easily held a uh, like a gun with, a, with yeah. a silencer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> two bullets, one for her, one for the dad. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, it's a gift from Jake. It's like a single rose in a box, and then there's a note on the front that basically says, "She's right. He does wish he was normal." But he doesn't know how to do it yet, and he hopes that once he figures out how to be normal, he'll be worthy of someone like Miley. And by the way, he won't tell her secret, and it's signed Leslie, which is Jake's real name. And this is, this is, so lately on Hannah Montana, I've had a bit of an issue where they wrap up the main plot of the episode in like like a non-scene like this, where it's like, could we have maybe cut the scene at the ice cream shop and instead had another scene where Jake and Miley have this conversation face to face 
and it feels like an actual resolution as opposed to like, oh shit, we only have 30 seconds left in the episode. Quick, have him send her a note. Like, yeah. it, it just feels very hollow and like it doesn't really have much of an impact. Although Miley like accepts it and like smiles and she's like, it's from a friend. And oh, not just a very good friend, which is like I. But he's not a friend. He's not even your friend at all at this point. It, I think if if it was just a friend, that would maybe be okay. It's like I'm gonna forgive this person for now, and they'll go work on themselves. And yeah. That's okay. Yeah. But being like, okay, I'm into it. I'm like, will you get your fucking head straight? <laughs> I'm not allowed to say fuck on your podcast. Yes. <laughs> we, I, said, we said. Oh, right. slutty and whorish. No, you're right. That's kind of like more of a meta conversation, so I was kind of categorizing it differently. <laughs> I, I wrote, the, the storytelling in this whole thing is just weird. Yeah. It's just very weird storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they have a bunch of note cards on a table, mm-hmm. and they're like, these are the scenes on these sets. Just string them up. Yeah. Yeah. I, um... I... <sighs> Like I was mentioning earlier, there's, like, this problem with, like, a lot of these episodes where I feel like it could be a good, fully realized episode if they would just do, like, one pass of edits on it, but they just never do that. (laughs) They're just, like, whatever they wrote first is what they're going with. They don't make any attempts to, like, rework it to make it make more sense. And this is definitely one of them where I was, like, if you gave me an hour and a half... I could rearrange and rework this script and it would be better. (laughs) And like, I'm not a professional. I've never written a script before, but I think that I, with my no experience, (laughs) could turn this into a better 20 minute episode of television with just a little bit of tweaks. Just like cut one scene, add one more scene, have it be a little more genuine. Because too often they, they create these very high stakes in an episode, and then they, like, at the end are like, the stakes don't matter anymore, and then that the episode ends, and they don't have, like, any, like, revisiting of the stuff that was so dramatic from earlier. That's the main thing. The stakes are always very weird. Yeah. Where, like, you come in with this big cliffhanger. It's a two-parter. Like yeah. I said before, it's a two-parter. And it starts, and they immediately resolve the conflict with no repercussions yeah and you don't give the audience any time to like sit with it or feel like oh that's satisfying it's just cut move on yeah it's not even like the cadence of like a very formulaic sitcom it's more just like so slapdash yeah slapdash is the word (laughs) like you know like a sitcom is very formulated because you have especially back then it was it's you know it's written for the commercial breaks yeah and so there's all these built-in, it's got like a built-in act structure mm-hmm. and there's kind of like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. I will say this, this part, definitely less entertaining than part one. Definitely less successful than part one, I'd say. Yeah. But I still liked it. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> well, let's talk about the B-plot. Okay. I, I have a feeling you liked the B-plot better because... <laughs> I like it better because I have a note in here. Rico, best actor. Again, this little boy is the most committed, successful actor on the program. Does he have a career now? Is he a person? I 
think he's, yeah, I think he's been in some stuff. Good for him. You should check his IMDb or something, see if you've seen him in anything. Yeah, this is what the line says, Rico, best actor. So. So good. <laughs> I do want to state, for the record, for the folks at home, that during the bumper of the episode, Rico appeared on screen and you quietly were like, oh yeah, Rico, my man. <laughs> Anticipating you to be such a big fan of Rico. I want a Rico spinoff. <laughs> well, he's there's uh, maybe the next time that like Rico's in the A plot, we'll have you do that episode instead because you like Rico so much. Down. Okay. <laughs> so the B plot. We're back at Cheese Jerky, the Cheese Jerky Shack or whatever. Um, this was very confusing. I was very confused. Yeah. I have a lot of thoughts about how the B-plot um, wraps up. Because they're like, oh yeah, we're successful, making cheese jerky, rolling in money. Mm -hmm. And then he shows up, Rico shows up, uh, <laughs> hidden in a baby stroller. Which, even though he's like under a blanket, he's still dressed as a baby under the blanket. <laughs> and he has like a pacifier in his mouth. It's like... But you had the blanket. You thought this was this was gonna get through two rounds of scrutiny. Like, sure, they might pull off the blanket, but they'll be fooled by my perfect disguise. So yeah, so this old woman comes up to Jackson and Oliver are like, "Oh, this is delightful. I must have your recipe." And they're like, "No." And she's like, "You can trust me. I'm a grandmother." And Jackson rips off the like he well he's like. We weren't born yesterday, and neither was this baby. And he rips the blanket off, and it's Rico sitting in a stroller. <laughs> like, first of all, he knew completely before he even pulled off the blanket. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just wanted to have the pacifier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we get a little scene with Jackson at his house. He is holding the recipe for cheese jerky and waxing poetic about how much he likes it. And then this, like, pole comes up from behind his shoulder with, like, a little grabby mouth on it, and yeah. it's trying to get the recipe. And Jackson grabs the pole and yanks it, and Rico falls into a pit of cheese. <laughs> Which really hammers home your point about him looking like a rat. Yeah. <laughs> He's engaged in ratish behavior. He's also wearing, like, a... He's wearing, like, a spy outfit. He's, yeah. like, dressed in black. Yeah, he's wearing, like, a black jumpsuit. <laughs> But so yes, he uh, he falls into the pot of cheese, and then the next scene is Jackson turning customers away at their stand because they're sold out, and then Jackson rolls around in all the money that he's made to piss off Rico, but then Oliver shows up to tell him how much they owe for all of the supplies that Oliver's mom bought to help them start the business, and it ends up being all of their profits except for one single dollar. And, okay, correct me if I'm wrong here because you know business, <laughs> but if that was their overhead and they just paid it, shouldn't they now be exclusively making profit? Well, I guess it was all their costs of goods sold. It was all of their, just the cost of the actual cheese and jerky. But Oliver specifically says it's for supplies. That, like, I know, I were purchased for them. If they're purchased, they already have them. They don't have to keep paying for them. I was just assuming it was, like, this is the price for all the ingredients, and now we've cooked it and sold it all. 
Because huh, I, I was thinking I, it was like it for the makes, pots and the cups and stuff. And... It just makes no sense regardless. Yeah, because... Also, nothing actually happens in the subplot. It's just like, we're doing good. And then, oh, we were just bad all along and made no money. And now we're sad. Yeah, because what happens is Oliver takes the money away. And then the bumper is Jackson back working at the surf shack literally gaslighting Rico into that the whole thing never happened. In the most literal sense of the word. It's not just lying. It's literal gaslighting. (laughs) There's no foreshadowing for this. He just literally shows up and is like, the cheese and jerky stand never happened. What are you talking about? And Rico's like, but I... It's like, no, of course it happened. It's so dumb. Although, actually, I made my prediction about what would happen, Mm -hmm. which was that, like, Rico would get the recipe, but then be foiled in some other way, Mm -hmm. because that would be, like, the classic sitcom formula. Mm -hmm. Nope. (laughs) He did not get the recipe. It's like, we've got, I think we were developing a thesis here. Yeah. Around the show. It doesn't follow, like, the conventional formulas that, like, an easy sitcom like this could follow, but it doesn't subvert them. It just kind of wanders around like a child (laughs) lost in the woods. (laughs) That's a perfect metaphor. <laughs> Although I, I was laughing, but I don't know if it's supposed to be funny in this way. I was just laughing that it ends with... That that's how it happens? You just you just end the entire plot by just telling the antagonist, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and it works. <laughs> it does. It works. He's like, let's, let's get you home, little buddy. <laughs> yeah. That thing is when you're big... Nemesis is still a 10-year-old boy. You can just be like, all right, time to pack it up. Time for your nap. Guess you bested me. Go to bed. Yeah, I I would have liked more clarity on why the cheese jerky business had to shut down. Because it really seemed like, to me, they paid their overhead. And now they like only have to continue paying for the cost of ingredients. Which, like, if that's really taking... 99% of your money, then raise your price. They just presumably, yeah, are idiots and had no profit planned. They never planned to make profit. And was... also, they don't have any employees. It's just the two of them. It's not like it's a costly Oh, business. yeah, they did terrible. They did terrible. Yeah, their their shack doesn't need anything. It's literally, like you said, it's like Lucy's they're just, stand they're from the peanuts. They're squatting in the public square. Yeah, it's a plank of wood that they have set cheese jerky on top of. They don't have to pay for refrigeration or an oven or, you know, air conditioning. They don't have to pay rent. They don't have to pay anything. It should be incredibly easy for them to make a profit here. Right? Yeah. No, none of it makes any sense. (laughs) Nothing in the show makes sense. Nothing in the show can withstand a single minute of exactly what it is you do with it, which is... To talk about it <laughs> for a second. There's no consistent rules of this universe. You can blow it over with like a straw. <laughs> you can just, it just falls to the ground. Just squint at it a little bit. <laughs> it just disappears into thin air. Um, yeah. Definitely weird. When it ended, you were like, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> What did I just watch? It's objectively hilarious, but also so lazy that you're just, you just tell the antagonist, we weren't fighting. <laughs> you never fired me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. 
with no, there's not a, a part of the plot where he like, the biggest gotcha is he's like, but the stand was right there. And they like took the stand away and put the tears <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah, it's not a big reveal. It's like, yeah, if he had like, I don't know, like knocked over something, but then it will rebuilt it to try to like, how did he rebuild I thought this was broken, but now it's fixed. Did I dream it all? But no, he's just like, no, you did. You dreamed it all. I have no evidence. He's like, you had a stand over there. The stand's gone. He's like, oh my God. <laughs> So yeah, it was made of cardboard. <laughs> they could have picked it up and just carried it away really easy. Yeah, just put it in the recycling bin. <laughs> so, that's this episode. Was there anything we didn't talk about? If you got anything in your notes? I have a couple of little things. Okay. From like the very first bit where Miley's at home with her friends mm -hmm. talking about Jake. I just... They keep making poor Emily Osment read lines that are not jokes. <laughs> These lines are not jokes. They're just lines. But she's instructed to read them in a way that gets a laugh track laugh. <laughs> and she just has to just make voices. And it's just awful. And I feel so bad. They couldn't write her any actual jokes to tell. So she just has to, like, do this, like, rough stand-up. <laughs> It's not her fault. Um, oh, they also mentioned uh, Jake's, like, in-universe TV show that he's on. Yes, Zombie High. Zombie High, which I had forgotten about, mm -hmm. which is funny because that sounds impressively like a real CW show. Like, yeah, if, like, I think we talked about this the last time. It, like, like I would 100% believe that's a real thing on Freeform. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have one more note, which is that when they come back, to the house and she's wearing the Bjork dress mm -hmm. and Billy Ray Cyrus comes out and says, and I think I'm getting this right. There's more feathers in here than when uncle Earl and aunt Pearl have their annual pillow fight. That is verbatim what he said. And if he came in the room and I was standing in that room and he said that I would just stop and be like, Billy, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? I like I don't is that a turn of phrase? No, is that, Uncle Earl and Aunt Pearl are real oh, these are people. frequently referenced people. Yes. They are family members of this family. Uncle Earl is played by David Keckner from The Office, and he's gonna be in an upcoming episode this season. I did not know this. Yes. First of all, those names are stupid. <laughs> and second, is annual pillow fight supposed to be a euphemism? I don't know. Annual? <laughs> well, what day of the year? <laughs> is it like a special day? Or is it like a Christmas? Fourth of July? Birthday? I don't know. Um, they reference these people a lot. I try to block it out, honestly, when it happens, because it's usually gross. But one th line that I do remember is from uh, the Halloween episode, which features Miley's identical cousin, Luann. Um, and Luann brings up how uh, Aunt Pearl would make roadkill ravioli, which has gravel in it for that special crunch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so it's that sort of thing. <laughs> They're, we're meant to believe that they are very much like the most stereotypical hillbilly people you can think of. 
Like, like the jokes about they Kenneth. They live in Tennessee. The jokes about Kenneth from The Office, but are not from 30 Rock, but not funny. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Except just weird and gross <laughs> most of the time. <laughs> uh, the only other note I have is from earlier in the episode where I wrote that Jackson's Billy Ray Cyrus impression continues to be grating. <laughs> when did Jackson do a Billy Ray Cyrus impression? That's the entire way he talks all the time, is he's just doing a Billy Ray Cyrus impression. Oh, I see. Just uh, That's his default character that he does on this show. Okay, gotcha. And I, it, it's so obviously not his voice, and it drives me crazy. So you're saying that if we were to watch an interview with Jason Earls, who plays Jackson... That he would have a different speaking There's voice? There's a 0% chance he has that Tennessee accent. Interesting. 0%. Okay. You we're know, for $90, we could buy a cameo from him. We have to look this up now. <laughs> What's his name? I don't even know his name. <laughs> Jason Earls. With an E at the end. Okay, a 21-second clip of him on Entertainment Tonight. There you go. <laughs> from last year. This is an ad for Smirnoff. <laughs> this show not sponsored by Smirnoff yet. Kid, mark my words. You sign with me, and not only will we leave that crummy band in the dust, I will make you the biggest pop star in the world. I'll be damned. Told you. That sounds great, but I can't. It'll be just like what happened to my stepdad and all his old bands. If I blow up and become a star, it'll crush him. just took it for granted. That's what I said last time. Immediately, I'm like, he's doing a Billy Ray Cyrus impression. He's like... He made a character choice that, like, Jackson sounds like his dad, Billy Ray Cyrus. That's fascinating. I'm so glad you brought that up. It's driving me fucking insane. I swear, I never thought about it. Talking like this. (laughs) Daddy. Daddy. He says daddy way too much. Everybody says daddy way too much on this show. You haven't seen one of these episodes where Rico is, like, talking to Miley or whatever, but he refers to himself as daddy way too much for anyone to do. It's terrible. Okay. That was your final note? Yes. I'm, that was, that was great. I appreciate you bringing that up. I would have just kept on assuming that that's how he talks, honestly. Yeah, I wasn't buying it. Great. Well, that's AKJK Heart Part 2. Uh, this is not the last of Jake Ryan. However, it is the last, I believe, I have seen of Jake Ryan. So the next time he's on the show will be a new experience for me. You've never watched the whole show? No. Oh. Yeah. Well, I've only seen through, I think, the end of this season. And there's a chance there are episodes this season that I haven't seen. Yeah. Well. <laughs> It's part of the fun of the show is eventually we're going to hit a point where I'm like, I have never seen this before. (laughs) Any parting words for the audience? No, not really. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was weird. It was a weird episode. It was. It was very weird. Thank you for uh, watching it anyway. Yeah, of course. (laughs)
Thanks so much to all of you for tuning into today's episode of Pumping Up the Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you'll join us next week when we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 11 of Hannah Montana. It's called Sleepwalk This Way. If you'd like to give us a follow online, we're on Twitter at Pumping Up the Pod, on Instagram at Pumping Up the Podcast, and I'm available online on Twitter at Lovely Lisi, on Instagram at Actor Elise. Thanks so much again for listening. I hope you'll join us next week. And until next time, keep on pumping up the party.